0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 116 of 15 with Andy and Randy. Jeff is gone this week, and he will be preaching next week, so I am pretty sure he is not getting out of it next week. That's right. He'll be here. So welcome back to our final edition of our annual 2018 this year, FHC Summer Series, where we have invited FHC members to share their favorite scriptures and the impact it's had on their lives. And this week, we corner our senior pastor, Andy (laughs) McDonald, and his favorite verse, This has been one of the most diverse series I can remember, man, both in thought and subject matter for a while. I really, really enjoyed it. And this was a great reflection of our deep diversity here at the hospital church, something we can celebrate and be proud of. Of course, that means last week was week six of this series that featured a unique perspective on the prodigal son. We decided that we should stop feeling ashamed, stop feeling the guilt, stop feeling unloved, stop trying to bridge the gap. The gap has been closed. God has always been with us, and everything He has is already ours. Come back home and join the celebration. No matter how many times I hear somebody (laughs) preach on the prodigal son, I always find something new something that they found that I hadn't thought of or just a different viewpoint or a different angle. And if you haven't actually listened to that message, the podcast was very short. It was the result <laughs> of a vacationing Randy. And so you can catch that week if you haven't yet. Or, But don't miss the message because
1: yeah. – Joyce did a great job. She
0: did a, an amazing job. I was able to catch it after the fact, but it was just as powerful as I'm sure it was the day it was actually – uh, that she actually gave the message. So on to this week in Andy, Titus 3, 4, and 5. Now, if you had asked me what your favorite verse was, I'm not sure what I would have guessed, but I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't have landed in the nearly non-existent 11th from the end, <laughs> a mere three chapters long, little-known, and often forgotten book of Titus. Right. Uh, we've heard a lot of great texts through the series, as we just mentioned, uh, that in many cases, these were passages that we have memorized... Or that we have read and used in messages frequently enough that we've put them to memory, and then Titus. <laughs> so that being said, these two verses wrap up everything we need to know and everything we need to lean on when we need reminding of who and why we believe in, and remembering the who and why that is in charge. These two verses pretty much have it all wrapped up,
1: right? Well, Don't it's they? really it's really verses three through seven.
0: Three? Well, did you go all the way through seven? All through
1: seven? Yeah. But okay. It's uh, yeah, Titus three. Just read the whole chapter. It's not very,
0: it's not very long. <laughs> the whole book
1: won't take you much time.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, essentially when you look at even at just those two, that he, the Savior reveals His kindness and love, He saved us. And then the part where we tend to forget that it wasn't because of us, but because of His righteousness, not the things we have done, but because of His mercy, He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. These words are a fuel for our mission, loving people into a lifelong friendship with God and perpetuating the greatest group of amazingly well-adjusted and joyful people that have ever walked the face of the earth, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but not nah, sometimes. I mean, no. But not sometimes. Why doesn't this... I mean, it feels really good to listen to this message. Okay. It feels really good to go...
1: You fell asleep when you were listening to this
0: message. Well, right? that, was, <laughs> that was late last night. I knew I should have said that. Uh, I was actually in church. I took notes yes. while, so I, I was engaged <laughs> through the whole process. But when you stop and think about what these words really mean and what they represent to us as Christians, this really should, right here, give us all, everything we need as a foundation and everything we need to feed on as we go forward. It, it
1: really is. I, I fell in love with this passage, finally, when I read it in the New Living Translation, mm. Is what is when it really just sort of slapped me. Okay. I mean, I'd read it before in other translations, but there where it, it just sort of breaks it down so well that Basically, we're a mess, <laughs> and then the whole point where God saves us, He declares us not guilty. He gives us His righteousness. He pours His you know, Holy Spirit out because of what He what He's done. Yeah. It's all it's all God, and then the result at the very end of that those verses that says and and now we know we'll, we'll inherit eternal life, and so just for me, it just captured the whole essence of Christianity. We're a mess, that's our part to get to play. <laughs> God saves us, that's His part, and the result is we, have, we will inherit eternal life, which is really a great way to get something.
0: I guess I looked at this message more from a member of a church community... Oh,
1: yes, I could hear that.
0: <laughs> then I did personally. Mm-hmm. Not that I wouldn't take these things personal and take them to heart, but just as a thinking about what I wanted to talk about... And as a church community here at the hospital, church, where do you feel? I mean, you you have your finger probably as much on the pulse as anybody about who you know who's coming, what the overall feel of the maturity and the the gracefulness, the love that's here for people. Where do we have the most room to grow into this ideal representation of people who live this reality?
1: I I think, and this is going to really sound place bad, <laughs> so I'll just preface it by that. Yeah. But I th- I think that our concern about living into it is part of what we need to get over. John Mundy was just talking to me earlier today, actually, and said, you know, the Bible says that Jesus said, actually, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. Right. And if all men are not being drawn to our church, all people are not being drawn to our church, then Jesus must not be being lifted up. And so in our growth and in our expansion and the people who are coming to our church... I think our numbers have increased, and I think it's primarily because Jesus is being lifted up consistently. So people see this picture of Jesus, they hear about Jesus, they, they recognize the call of Jesus, they see the salvation that Jesus brings us, that His righteousness becomes ours, He sees us as we never sinned, I mean, all these great things that Jesus does for us. And I think right. as we lift Jesus up, it is terribly attractive to people. And Jesus said, you lift me up, everybody will be drawn to me. And then the second thing I think that's happening in our congregation is the, the work of our justice ministries hmm. that, that combined with being a follower of Jesus is to behave that way in the world. And that behavior is to care for others and to seek justice on their behalf. Yeah. And, and I think so much, Randy, in, in our denominational background, we've thought about following Jesus being me checking sins out of my life. So sure. oh I've got I I'm I'm a little bit jealous so I get over being jealous or yeah. I'm a, I'm a little I I eat too much so I'll eat less or you know whatever yeah. so that we we see it as a as a personal conquering of sin as the way we exemplify being a follower of Jesus and I believe that being drawn to Jesus recognize that he does it all that frees us to be able to go and serve for our community yeah. so our mission being a church without walls fully engaged in serving the people of our community that we do, and we do that through our justice ministries, trying to bring justice to people who are, are not receiving justice in our world.
0: Hmm. I, you know, I couldn't agree more. And I was reading today about some ministries that are happening outside of our church, mm. where when you talk about love, which we do hear a lot. Oh, we talk about that a lot. And you talk about justice ministries, mm-hmm. and you talk about people wanting to have an experience with God you start talking about a different movement then. Right. As soon as you start to say, these are the things that I think we're doing really, really well, <laughs> and then you have other people saying, well, that's false teachings. You're supposed to be talking about doctrine. This is doctrine. Sure This is, this is. is Jesus' doctrine, isn't it? Right.
1: And, and as we look at doctrine, I'm not anti-doctrine at all. Of course. But as, we, but as we look at a doctrine, first of all, it must find its anchor point in Christ— Yep. It must draw us to, towards Christ, not push us away from Christ. It should make our life, like he says, a, an easy burden and right. light yoke, or light yoke and easy burden. And so, we need there's some things we should test our doctrine by, so that we say, does this doctrine bring me closer to Jesus? How does it do that? What what if it's not doing that? What am I un- misunderstanding? So because the doctrine is just teaching about God, and all the teaching about God should draw us to Jesus to, and help yeah. us to be a follower of Him we are we're just be we're supposed to be a follower of Jesus a disciple of Jesus and sometimes we've confused that with being just an obeyer of Jesus sure and uh, and not not that we want to disobey Jesus no of course yeah but to really be that way in our world
0: because it's easy i think it's a lot like politics you can be left or right <laughs> you can be conservative you can be liberal you can be postmodern you can be a spiritual reformist, or you can be <laughs> There's you know, plenty of groups. old school. But I think at the end, everyone's talking about the same things in many cases. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure that right. there are fringe people that sure. may not be, but I think anyone that's truly seeking Jesus, you can say, you know, I have a little bit more of a postmodern feel or, or thought process, sure. and someone else may be coming from more of an old school doctrinal. But essentially, I think when you stop just reading labels and then applying a broad brush stroke there's probably more common ground in beliefs, even among those who might look and feel completely different with the way they think about religion and what they think about Jesus. But when you really ask them, A, what is what is Jesus to you, A, B, C, or D, I think a lot of those would be the same check right. marks, wouldn't they?
1: Sure. and It's a lot like, and I don't want to totally make the analogy, but it's a lot like being an American. And there's a big difference between a Mainer and a Southern Californian. Oh, sure. And there's a big difference between probably a... Northern Idahoan and, and uh, Miamian, but they're all American. Yeah, and, and so they may see the world very differently. They may have different things they want from America or want to have America be and do. But in the end, the reality is is that you go back to the Constitution, you, know, you go back to the Bill sure. of Rights, and we, this is who we are. Yeah, And so the Declaration of Independence and Constitution sort of formulate, okay, that we we see things very differently, but this is this is what makes us a nation. We're sure. all we're all agreed at one point, kind of.
0: And at least here we have Jesus and God, who is benevolent <laughs> exactly. and who is willing to take <laughs> everyone, no matter what spectrum we're government. Sure. Maybe not quite <laughs> so much.
1: And that's really true about. I think that's the idea that Jesus wants his children. God wants all of his family back. Jesus has reconciled the entire world unto himself. Yeah. Uh, so that's his desire is for everybody to come back. And then we all get wonderful benefits inherited to us. The Scripture said that we talked about this week, I inherit it. I don't deserve it, didn't earn it, didn't pay for it. I didn't do anything anything except like, oh, cool, (laughs) I get this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I I just felt like this week that was something that has been really making the circles in conversation, Mm -hmm. on social media, in different places where it's like we're drawing lines in the sand that we just can't work with you because you guys are too much love and we can't work with you guys because you're just too much, you're just too much old school. You you just don't, you just don't understand. You haven't. And I thought this message was really perfect and I really resonated with Paul's inclusionary writing that you talked about because he included himself with everyone else on his expose on the pitfalls of putting confidence in human nature and this transparency coming from someone who by all accounts and exterior posturing, would be considered to be faultless or even perfect right. by some, and maybe mm-hmm. himself at one point. <laughs> he said that he obeyed the Jewish law so carefully that he was never accused of any fault. been right. three. So, uh, correlating that with your story, Andy, how do we balance emulating to the best of our abilities the life of Christ and the parts that maybe we do have right and that we do a pretty good job of? You know, I was a good boy. I was raised right, <laughs> as you said. As an example of maybe good or maybe better living. With the humility and the transparency that we all got junk, nothing turns off a non-believer more than someone they can see right through, <laughs> and their scanners are as good as any out sure. there. How do we balance trying to put that image out that you know what I'm okay here, and right. maybe this could be something you could follow, but yeah. don't don't do this. How, how,
1: I, I think first of all, we have to always hold on to our human depravity, which is <laughs> which is the first part of this verse. Sure, sure. chapter uh, chapter three, verse three is you know we're a mess. And I think holding on to that, keeping that in our minds that, that I, I'm not all that and then some, I, I'm a mess. <laughs> and, and then that we look at the Old Testament, I use the verses from uh, Isaiah, You know, our very best performance is filthy rags. So to be able to keep that in our head and know that all of our merit is in Christ, and then in that confident assurance that we are inheritors of the great stuff, then I really think following our our vision and really serving the people of our community um, sends the right message. Yeah. It's, it's not about uh, us beating up someone else with our version of truth or our understanding of truth. Sure. I, I believe it or I wouldn't be part of it. Yeah, But really it's about how do I love these people and care for them and show that I'm interested in their best good— and then when they are like, wow, why do you do this? Well, because I'm a follower of Jesus. Why don't you come and follow Jesus with me? It's just an attraction to, to Jesus, uh, and that's really what, what we're trying to create.
0: So I think you just answered my my next question, because Uh-oh. we each have all of our issues, and we have so much junk that we have to focus on, or maybe predictably our focus is on us because of that stuff. And what we need to be doing or improving on becomes what we focus on. Mm-hmm. But once you realized, as you talked about in your story, what you were up against and what did, you know, what did you do or are you still doing or that worked for you then, now, and maybe in the future that guides you through this process that just keeps you grounded and says, I need to make this work. Is it the service part? Is that what done Well, you?
1: The, the service part's is important. I, for, for me personally, it's a combination of um, consistent being in the Word Mm-hmm. I think I think you can't beat reading the Bible. Uh, I know it's like it's old; well, it's an old book, you know. But there's always new revelations every time you read. So I think spending some time in the Word, not in a hurry. We're not trying wow. to get through the Bible; we're trying to get the Bible into us. So just you know, take one verse if you want to for a day. It's no Hang big out deal. There. Yeah. yeah, and then I spend time, as I mentioned at the end of the service, writing my prayers. Yeah, and, because I, I, it helps me put them in a more, a a less rote over... We all sort of pray the same thing over and over sometimes out loud. Sure. And so by writing it, you're like, oh, I just said that 25 times this month. And so you can think about what you're saying and focusing it on God. And uh, I think those things are just sort of a grounding thing on a regular daily basis to say, where's your focus? Who's it on? Hmm. And then Not looking to me and my performance, but looking to Jesus and his performance on a consistent basis. We're all going to screw up. We mess up. We seek forgiveness. We look to Jesus, and we move on. And not getting stuck, I think, can best happen by just continuing to say, okay, yeah, I messed up, so therefore I messed up. So (laughs) so Jesus, forgive me. I want you to take my place. I want you to be my righteousness. I want to put all my confidence in you. you. And just keep looking back to Jesus, and I think He keeps moving us forward.
0: I like both of those, because honestly, I I felt that once I felt myself come to that same realization, it was, stop beating yourself up for the same sin. Yeah, I've done that sin 200 million times. It's going to be probably another 150 (laughs) on the next same 10-year span in the future. Well, be nicer to ourselves in
1: in our sin. Jeff and I, we've been working on some things, but oftentimes when we sin, when we fail and fall and mess up... We beat ourselves up, and instead, to talk to ourselves like we would talk to someone else. Hey, Randy, you know, so I would say, hey, Andy, what, you know, Andy, what were you, what was going on? Were you tired? Were you, uh, did you have not got to sleep, or you had indigestion? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what was going on in your mind? What were you thinking about? What led up to this? this choice that was not in your best interest, really, that was a bad idea, that was more like verse three. sure, And and by by examining what was going on, we oftentimes can get ahead of it then to be able to say, oh, I realize if I only get five hours sleep, I I have to recognize I'm susceptible to this. So therefore, in order to live a happier life, I'm going to make sure I get this amount of sleep. Just a dumb illustration, but that's... Yeah, for sure.
0: And I like the other part about being not in a hurry when you're Mm -hmm. in the Word. Right. I learned that from Bill Crofton, who, uh, if you happen to be friends with Bill, (laughs) lucky enough to be friends with Bill on Facebook, he posts stuff every day. And sometimes it's one verse. Sure. Think about this verse, and he'll come up with four or five paragraphs, and you're like, oh, man, that was a lot to pull from there. I mean, he's he's had a lifetime to do it. But but, it's
1: it's an eminently limitless supply of encouragement and and instruction, that's for sure.
0: And I absolutely like that. We're going to skip ahead a few things that we had planned. But this week, one of our FHC takeaways asked, what is your favorite text and why? So here's your chance to join the Text Me series and let us in on your favorite Mm. text and why it has attained that status for you send an email, text, or voicemail to 407-965-1607 or podcast at hospitalchurch.org. And I would absolutely love to read it on next week's podcast. Easy for me to say. And our final thoughts come from the closing to Andy's message where he said, And right now, today, we get the privilege of living filled with hope, not in us, but hope in God, because we now know that we will inherit eternal life. Mm -hmm. So, Upcoming this week, a new series. Great question. I believe we did this one last Last year year as well.
1: A repeat series, not different, new questions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not the same questions. Uh, Asked by the young adults here at the hospital church. And this week's question is Christians are supposed to be free in Jesus, but everyone I know is challenged with anxiety. Suicides are at an all time high. How do I find that freedom and help others as well? So welcome back, Jeff.
1: Yeah, this is <laughs> this is great for Jeff because with Jeff is with his counseling background and psychology background, it's a great message for him to dig into and look at it scripturally. Yeah. But he'll also have some great insights for him. Um, it'll be a great message, I'm sure.
0: One more thing, if you would like a set of the text me scripture cards, are about business card size mm-hmm. that have been available each week with the text on the front and back. Kind of a cool little card. You could even grab a couple and hand them out to friends or keep them for yourself. Send an email to Tammy at hospitalchurch.org, T-A-M-I at hospitalchurch.org, and she will make sure that you get a set. I think there's a limited supply, but until
1: until they're out, out.
0: (laughs) you can definitely have one. So that's going to do it for this week. Thank you, of course, to Andy and Tom, and do join us again next week for episode 117. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.